0: Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today, I have my dear friend, Chef Raquel, with me. She works at Langlois, on occasion but she has the most incredible place called tropicalia kitchen that focuses on brazilian food in saint rock and i wanted to have her on the show today to talk to us a little bit about her food and how she grew up grew up and you know what got her to new orleans so thank you for joining
1: me today chef raquel hi chef Amy very nice seeing you and talking to you. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. I'm all caffeinated, so I'm ready to talk. (laughs) And for our listeners
0: out there, uh, Chef Raquel had a a mini crisis this morning when she uh, got ready to record the show with me. You ran out of coffee.
1: Yes, I did. Actually, I knew it last night, but I my car is also broken, so I couldn't go get some. So I was freaking out until I realized I had this one single pack of uh instant coffee. So it really it like immediately gave me a lot of relief. So I'm ready. Cheers.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Well, you know, I giggle. It's like a toss-up. Do you drink the instant coffee or do you just go ahead and start uh, you know, do something with just the uh the coffee itself and not even add the water in a crunch right
1: <laughs> oh yeah I would definitely have done that if it was like I minutes before the show <laughs> and got that quick boost and well
0: you know I wanted to talk to you a little bit today Chef Raquel about uh the place that you opened you know it was so exciting to to Follow your journey over the years and to to work with you and to to see kind of the dreams come true, if you will, that, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of chefs have whenever we say we want to cook our food. Right. And we want to cook the food that we love that fills our heart and our soul. So talk a little bit about that that journey for you of figuring out, you know, when you had the opportunity to cook what what you were going to cook and and what your your place was going to be
1: well tropicalia kitchen specifically is i think it's like a little part of a bigger journey um you know as you know i had worked in fine dining for most of my career and um it got to a point that I was just too exhausted to even be creative, or to have any emotional or physical energy to be involved in any other projects with that lifestyle. And when that started hitting me, I, um, you know, I quit the fine dining restaurant world, and it started a new journey which there is many, many steps to that, but Tropicalia is one of them. And uh, the way that Tropicalia was born is that I'm the co-founder of Tropicalia with my partner Luana, and we're both from Brazil, but we met, we're actually both from Rio de Janeiro, but we met in New Orleans. After just oh, randomly doing pop up food pop-ups around the town, and we started working together and promoting events that was mostly focused on the Brazilian uh, culture because we found the lack of the representation for that ground here, even though there is so many similarities. So that's, uh, after working together for a few years, we decide, we had the opportunity of having like a, you know, brick and mortar little spot at the Sand rock tavern. And that's, and then we jumped in. We were at that point, we were like ready to move to the next step and instead of just be doing like food pop-ups around town, which is amazing. You get to make so many folks, but it's also really exhausting. So uh, that's how Tropicalia was born. And... Um, the reason we decided to go with Brasilia is, as I mentioned, we felt like there was a lack of that representation in New Orleans, but also because it is huge in Brazil, especially in Rio, to share food while you're drinking. Little tiny bites, and you just like eat for hours, snack for hours, and drink and share beers. So we wanted to bring this to New Orleans because people here have the spirit to understand that. So that's why we uh, went with um, Brazilian snack bar food slash street food for Tropicalia. I love that. Now, as how long have y'all been open? Uh, we had been open for three years now.
0: Wow, three years!
1: Yeah. I mean but pandemic. So I don't know how many years is that actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you
0: know, I think it's great what you said that this was part of a bigger journey. And you know, where do you see that journey taking you in the next three years?
1: Well, as we, as we have Tropicalia, which is like incredible to have a space that we can have regulars coming in and out and also make it more accessible for folks to eat and try our food. We also do lots of catering and private events. And I think moving forward, we want to expand that, um, you know, expand that part of our business and um, focus on doing more food festivals and um and just more events in general, because part of uh, what we do as well, um, mostly my partner, Luana, she's like an incredible event planner or an organizer. So we do want to open, uh, expand the area, not just for food, but being more involved with like music and culture in New Orleans.
0: What, you know, whenever I first met you, uh, for everyone out there, actually Raquel and I met because uh, we were doing disaster relief after an uh, event and started cooking together and realized that we had the same kind of love for New Orleans and love for New Orleans people. And what is it Raquel about New Orleans that pulled you in? It made you say, this is, this is where I'm gonna be.
1: Well, I was living in the Northeast for 12 years before I moved to New Orleans. Yeah, I think so. And um, when I was planning my trip to New Orleans, I had this I have this friend that lived there and she lived here right after Katrina, which was you know, a um, hard time to be here. But she was always telling me, Raquel, you're not gonna come back. I know you're not going to come back. And um, she started describing things to me, like every time that she would tell me a story. And also she gave me this really old, which I don't remember the name, but she gave me this uh, New Orleans old cookbook. So let me borrow it. And before each uh, recipe or before a chapter, there was like some sort of like a little description or like a poem or a little short story. And that really fascinated me. I was like dreaming about, I would create this entire world in my head. So I came here with this like weird expectations, but also fear, cause I didn't know anybody. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? If I made it from like Rio de Janeiro and I live in a tiny, tiny town in South River in New Jersey and I made it, I'm I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> so, um, I, and then I got here and immediately as I got here, it was just, I don't know. It's one of those things that I don't even know if I can say that with other parts of my life, but I knew immediately that I had to be here. Yeah. And like, and then like more and more, I would find similarities here. And even the problems are the same <laughs> You know, I joke with you all the time about like having potholes and, you know, the trees or the roots of the trees overgrowing on the sidewalks and breaking the sidewalks and things are being like, like really well manicured. That really like, I really love that because there's life, there's, you know, like a really high energy and that reminds me of home. So I think that was the main reason. It just made me feel very comfortable as soon as I stepped my foot here. (laughs)
0: I love that. And I think New Orleans does that to people. Uh, I don't think there's very many people in the world that are, that go, oh, New Orleans is okay. You know, you have a pretty passionate opinion. You either love New Orleans or New Orleans is not for you, or New Orleans is perfect for you at the right time in your life, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad that New Orleans you and you found new orleans and that you could bring some brazilian flavor here talk to our listeners a little bit about you know when we say okay tropicalia kitchen does you know small bites and um you know what is brazilian food it, it, what are the flavors what are the ingredients oh
1: well brazilian food is extremely diverse because as I mean, I compare the entire country of Brazil to New Orleans, (laughs) which is very interesting, but it does make sense in my head. And it makes sense if you had been to Brazil, because I mean, I think it starts with our history. You know, we're both colonized by Europeans and we have influenced by enslaved folks and West African food. So with food... That is like straightforward, a huge connection between New Orleans and Brazil. And we also find that in our music and culture in general. But uh, at, so at Tropicalia, we try to bring things that you would not be um, super foreign, but a little bit surprising to New Orleans like food scene. So right now we change our menu seasonally. There is a couple of staples there, always on the menu because, you know, people love it. And it's, uh, um, you know, we want to just keep it there. So right now uh, we started our fall menu and we have uh, a chicken heart sandwich. Chicken hearts in Brazil is like a huge thing. You go, you walk on the streets of Rio, you see people selling kebabs of chicken hearts and all sorts of other meats. So we decided to do a take on that and do a chicken heart sandwich. And it's served on a Kaiser roll. And we made an aioli using these kumari chilies that we grow in our backyard. And they're from Brazil as well. And we serve with uh, pepper jack cheese and um, a fresh quick pickle uh, cabbage slaw for a little bit of a crunch. It's been very interesting seeing the reaction of folks eating that. (laughs)
0: Well, I, you know, my reaction was, you know, okay. So I'm all about fried chicken livers, right? I love fried chicken livers with pepper jelly. Um, you know, is it a big jump for someone to go chicken livers to chicken heart? What's the flavor difference? Um, you know, are people looking at you like Chef Raquel? Y'all are insane. I'm not eating a chicken. Heart, you know, what What kind people of conversations are, with, are you having with people over that?
1: People were way more open than I expected. But um, at the same time, yes, New Orleans, we eat pig feet, we eat chicken liver, chicken gizzards. So when you think about it, organ meat and, you know, weird meat in general, it's not like a, you know, a big deal here. Um, but it is very different when it comes to texture. Uh, chicken hearts has a more, it has a very chewy texture to it. So, uh, but surprisingly, it does not have that like iron flavor that people would think and compare to a beef hearts or pig hearts. So, I think that makes it easier as a flavor uh, for people to like enjoy it. And yeah, I
0: feel like there's some way that you can start to push people onto that dish with Halloween coming up and you can say yes. a spooky dish, right?
1: Uh, so that- some people were joking that there's some chickens disappearing in the neighborhood. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Well, uh, well, we would not only just serve chicken hearts and weird feed. We have uh, a full pork sandwich that we braise it overnight. And we serve with creole mustard on a bolillo bread from Norma's Bakery. And we do like a roasted caramelized pineapple that's like sweet, spice, and sour with baby arugula. It comes with house-made pickles. And um, right now, we also um, just came up with this take on a very classic Brazilian dish, which is, um, in Brazil, we use a different type of butternut squash, it's more like a pumpkin, but we're using butternut squash here. Uh, it's like we do this like house-cured beef that it's in between a jerky and a, a regular texture, like a, you know, a fresh cut of meat. So it's not dry to that point that it's like a jerky. But we've been making this butternut squash croquettes and it's served with shredded house-cured beef that's being salted with caramelized onions. Ooh. and is being really successful and delicious and the croquettes it's just like really really crispy on the outside and it's almost like meeting a cloud it's really light and on the inside
0: I love that that sounds delicious that sounds like a perfect snack you know as the weather's changing is it's, it's got like the fat and maybe the the that butternut squash flavor but uh, still light that you can you can eat a lot of other things while you're enjoying that dish as well I love that
1: yeah yes yeah we love having kind of like as I mentioned before like in Rio we just love having like a lot of little bites on the table and people sit around and eat and share
0: So my husband and I joke about that because uh, when we go out to eat at places that do little bites, you know, in his mind, he goes, well, we just ate a lot of appetizers. And uh, like in his brain, he wants at the end of even if we have like four of those little bites for the table, um, he wants to see like a starch. And a protein right on his plate at the end. But for me, I like that, that grazing because you never really know how much you ate and you just kind of enjoyed all the flavors and it, it goes, you know, through the eating. So I think, you know, I think it's really interesting how our brains work and how we approach uh, the dining experience itself. How did you grow up Dining like, did your grandmother cook? Did you have family dinners? Did y'all have lots of little bites, or did you have full sit down meals? What was it like?
1: Um, yeah, well, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, um, I also loved like grazing. I just mentioned one thing about that. It's like in my head, it's just like when you're having that really fun, special moment, whatever you're celebrating, even if it's just like afternoon, after work, having a drink, or if you're having a lot dinner with friends, it's like I wanted that to last really long. And I feel like if I am snacking, I can do that for hours and hours and drink. But if I have a big meal, everybody's just gonna eat and then feel exhausted and then go home. So I feel like that's the main reason why I want to like just snack for hours while I'm having dinner too. I, I love that. And if there's a in my
0: opinion, if there's a clear entree, you know that there's a clear end to the meal. Yeah. Right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, but answering your question, yes, Um, I grew up in a family that, like, cooking was huge, that was, nobody was a professional chef or cook, but cooking meals were always a huge part of um, life, Um, especially, like, on a Sunday, it was, like, very normal to either go to your grandma's house, and everybody meets there, and have a huge meal, and spend the day, but, like, That would be a huge Sunday meal, but um, you just spend all day there. But you also part of the cooking process, like you get there in the morning while the meal is still being prepared. And it's not a meal that's being cooked in like an hour. It's a meal that would take hours to prepare so that it was probably a bigger part of the event than the meal itself. Because then everybody would hang out in the kitchen, either drinking beers or drinking wine. The kids were running around, playing with the cousins. So, and everybody's like getting hungry. And then we like, grandma will put a snack out. But like, I feel like the waiting and the preparation of the meal, like people jump in and help like chop parsley or minced garlic. So it was like, Everybody was interacting with that. And I remember myself as young as like seven, like helping with meals. Um, And that also happens at my house on a Sunday, like neighbors would come by and just go through the same process. And in Brazil, it's very interesting. Like we have, um, you know, like in the communities, people are very tight with each other, which also reminds me of a lot of parts of New Orleans. And when somebody was, like, helping, I don't know, build a house or I don't do, like, a a volunteering project together, people would always make a huge meal, like a big pot of gumbo or a big, like, crawfish boil. Like, there was crabs. And that was the way that they paid, they, you know, returned the favor for these folks that were helping these whatever task it was. So food was involved in every part of, the community and everything. On Christmas, it's hot. It's summer, which is really weird. But <laughs> <And laughs> we used to have a huge potluck and have a giant table on the street and kind of like a block party, and all the neighbors would bring a dish. And everybody would just, like, hang out, and the kids would just run around free. So, yeah, I always have... This relation of like, in my head of like food with uh, community, with um, family, with festivities. It was never about just feeding myself.
0: Was there a moment that you had, um, you know, in your life that you can point back to and say, this is when I knew
1: food was going to be my career? Yes, it was pretty late actually. Um, I was living in New Jersey and I was like on my like mid-20s, early 20s. And then I was, I realized, I mean, at that point, I was still like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I could, I knew that I could do so many things. I knew what I did not want to do with my life, but I couldn't pick one thing. So um one day I just realized that like this is what I do when I'm stressed. When I'm stressed, I cook. When I'm tired, I cook. When I'm sad, I cook. When I'm happy, I cook. And then I'm like, what the hell? This is like, of course I can do. And then I was like, wait a minute. This can be my profession. So that's it. It was like a weird click. And I was already cooking for many years. I was like doing huge events in New Jersey, but it was like, I was never charging just for friends. Like kind of like just a thing for fun. But yeah. So I think that was the moment that I was like, okay, I should just like pursue these professionally. So did you say, okay, I'm gonna cook
0: and then say, okay, I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna go work in a kitchen. What was the next step? Because cause I mean, we all say like I could say I wanna, you know, do something, but like How do you do it? How do you turn it into your life?
1: Well, um, as I mentioned, I was living in New Jersey at that point, and I was working as a house cleaner. Um, And then so my schedule was very flexible. So I decided to uh, go to culinary school. So um, I, I found this like culinary school in Manhattan and I, I searched some others and I picked one and then I decided to go uh, to this culinary school there. So it was a bit challenging because I was like commuting every day from New York, from New Jersey to New York. And I had, a, you know, worked before school, but it never felt so right. It was just like, okay, this is exhausting but it feels good. So I went to culinary school and I didn't start working in the kitchen right away after I graduated. I was staging in a bunch of restaurants in New York City, but I was feeling very intimidated by the scene. And I was still living in New Jersey as well. And I knew at that point that I wanna move to New York because New Jersey had already became way too small for me a long time ago, but I had my parents there. So I ended up staying and staying but eventually I did move to Brooklyn and I started working in New York and I stayed there for a couple of years until I moved to New Orleans.
0: I love that. I love that. I wish I could talk to you all day. Uh, I feel like there's so many great stories and things you have to tell. So I'm going to have to get you back on the show, but we're pretty much out of time. So I want you to tell All of our listeners, how they can find you, how they can uh, taste your food, and maybe what they should order that very first time.
1: Well, at the moment, they can find us at Tropicalia Kitchen, which is inside of the Sandrock Tavern. Just a note not the market, the tavern. (laughs) We are there Monday to Thursdays from 4 to 10 p.m. And they can find us on our Instagram or our website, which is Tropicalia Kitchen. And if they have any inquiries about catering or events, we'll be happy to chat with them and just like send us an email or give us a call and we'll just like, you know, talk about it.
0: Awesome. And I know uh, you coach them through the menu and help them uh, choose the perfect dish for all of our listeners there thank you out there thank chef Raquel with me uh for talking a little bit about tropicalia kitchen and uh brazilian food and i hope that y'all can get out there and taste it until next time you've been listening to wrbh Radio 88.3 fm this is chef amy since ciao